DYP appeared on a Japanese girl group survival show called Nitsi Project. And in the latest episode, a contestant was being critiqued by JYP, where he criticized her. And this girl is probably like, she's fine. <laughs> she's definitely like average size. I mean, for a Japanese person, which is small. Um, JYP told her that she lacks self-care and needs to get better at weight management. And even said that she wasn't serious about being an idol because she can't control her weight. Apparently, he said in later episodes, he talks about certain sacrifices for being an idol means eating one meal a day. And apparently this was said under the guise of making her dance better. And that's not even necessarily true, even if and it's just absolutely not primarily about dance but I, I mean this is this is not surprising we all know what idols go through we all remember what momo said about surviving on ice this is something that all of these companies do and I don't know why we continue to act like we're surprised by this because this is they've proven time and time again that that this is this is how they view the trainees how they view their idols maybe are treated marginally better depending on how successful they are and this is how all of them operate and this is the management this is their you know this is their thought process and honestly i mean when you have these idols you know being put on social media and stuff, there's things that the netizens say, I mean, the ones that act all outraged and stuff that he dared to say this, usually say stuff that's 10 times worse. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not shocked at all. And, you know, people need to get out of this mindset that the, uh, this aisle company is kind of better or not not as bad or you know oh they they are you know they seem to have a family atmosphere or you know not they're all the same they all have the same kind of mindset everybody that goes through them that is able to talk candidly about their experience says that they had to starve themselves or do something similar or they go through hell and this is nothing new and this is you know if you this is what you go through. I. What do you guys have to say? Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, we had Momo publicly say that she ate like ice and like maybe a couple pieces of ice per week because they told her she had to lose a certain amount of weight when she was a trainee. And in order to do that, she literally starved herself to the point where she said she felt ill. And I mean, we know that it's the same for pretty much everybody in the idol world uh, who wasn't, you know, genetically 
blessed with a very high metabolism, I guess, and was able to maintain their figure throughout their careers without having to do much dieting and things like that. So it's not surprising. I think a lot of people, like, and maybe myself included at times, we forget that JYP is, you know, the face of a company. And he, you know, his passion for music and his, like, you know, ah shucks mentality, you know, is one thing. But he's also been very vocal, too, about certain things in the industry that... um these standards, these unfair standards. Like I remember in 16, he did mention to Jiho many times that, you know, she had to take care of herself. And I mean, we all remember Jiho was a little bit thicker, especially around the time, like when Twice first debuted. And, you know, she, even though she was a trainee for like 11 years or something like that, she was like a trainee for a very long time. She um, wasn't guaranteed a spot in this new group. And the only thing that seemed to be holding her back was her weight. And how she looked so it you know and, and i think the way they ran it as self-care and and managing yourself as well too isn't helpful because it it makes it seem like there's nothing wrong with telling somebody to starve themselves to fit some unattainable and unrealistic in the real world um image you know because they choose to be an idol and in, to be in the industry and also people are like oh well if they want to be an idol this is what they have to do and the rewards outweigh you know anything that happens but i mean we had amber talking about how her body is never the same you know after the things she had to do in order to be an idol we we see these 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 people in their 30s who have like you know sprained this and you know they limp and they you know, they can't do, you know, like they, they wake up and they're just sore because they've pushed their body so much in their late teens or, and throughout their 20s that, you know, by the time they hit 30s and sometimes their 40s, they're like, their body's just like not able to move as much as it, it used to and they're in pain. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that this is something that they're still pushing and that, you know, for everybody's talk about talent being an actual desire of idols in this industry something like your weight and how you look can, can pretty much stall or end your career before it even begins in a lot of cases so jyp is just doing what people in his position do i, I don't think it's anything new i don't think it's going to change i don't think that people want it to change i think people really love how perfect idols look and they they love you know the idea of them being you know just this fantasy and this this sparkling <laughs> flower boy in some cases um a little sister in some cases i don't know like whatever trope you want to throw they love that these idols are those things and they don't care about the human being there and the human being underneath it all and i hope this this girl you know she she takes his message and she does she rolls with it however she rolls with it but on her terms so she does lose weight you know, and she does um, become the ideal that he is telling her that she needs to be. I hope it's on her, it's on her terms. And it's not something that she's doing to hurt herself. And it's something that she's doing, you know, because she wants it and she's doing it healthy and she's doing it in a safe manner. And she's, it doesn't really hurt her confidence. Like she knows that she looks good regardless of what her weight is and she's she's able to, to you know to roll with that and uh for jyp i mean as i said he's just being a man in at his age in korea 
who has power. Okay. Next up, Billboard did an article about the best-selling albums across the globe. According to the International Federation of the Phonographic Industry, the IFPI, uh, which represents the worldwide recorded music industry. BTS did land on the top 10 list. They were number three, and Taylor Swift was at number two. And surprising a lot of folk, Arashi, a boy group from Japan that has been around since the 80s. Am I correct in that? They've been around for a long time. <laughs> They've been around for a long time. They were number one. They okay. actually debuted in 99. These are all the top-selling albums from 2019. So Arashi was number one with 3.3 million. Taylor Swift was number two with 3.2 million. And BTS, Map of the Soul Persona was number three with 2.5 million. And fans were mad that Arashi got number one. Not even counting the fact that Taylor Swift got number two and beat out BTS by quite a bit. So I don't know why they were mad about that, weren't mad about that. But um, yeah, I mean, go them. I mean, I don't know a lot about them because I'm not really into J-pop, but I have heard their name quite a few times and heard about their huge, massive fan base. So good for them. I mean, I'm they, very confused about what. So this is the, a global chart. No, this is the top selling global albums. Um, yeah, congratulations to them. I was just trying to make sure I understood what it was saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you have anything else to say concerning it? I, or I'm, the fans' response to it? BTS fans were upset. kind of, you know, I mean, like, why didn't they get number one? I mean, I mean Arashi's pretty iconic. I don't know anything about them, but I know their name. And I think that speaks for something. Um, so that's why armies, in case you're wondering, which you shouldn't be. But no, it's like a. This is definitely like a really huge accomplishment, and I think that that it it's kind of sucks that like their accomplishment is getting questioned. You know what I mean? In that sense, because yeah. I can, I I just wouldn't want to be like a group that has to go up against. I don't want to say like has to go up against BTS, but it's like you're right. Like, why didn't they get upset with Taylor? Because they're more of a direct competition to them. Right. Like, because they kind of look at it as like, you're a boy band, quote unquote, and you're also like an Asian boy band. So I look at you as competition versus Taylor Swift is neither of those things. And she has her own group of super dedicated fans that would make them look. <laughs> I would like to see the apocalyptic throwdown if they ever got into Taylor's stuff. I mean, yeah, I I think it's a congratulations to Arashi. Even if it had been anybody else, it would have still been congratulations. That's a huge feat um, to do, you know, in 2019, to be a a, a global selling, um, you know, selling many units. And that was for one album, right? Yeah, as far as I can the tell. Five by 20, all the best, 1999 through 20. It was for like a greatest hits album. Yeah, pretty much. And... That's kind of crazy. That I mean, I guess a greatest his album could you know usually do that, but it only does that for like top artists. Like 
your Michael Jackson's, your Beatles, like they're the only people that can sell greatest hits albums in the millions. I don't think I've heard of any other group being able to do that. So that is definitely super cool. Um, Nat? Uh, yeah. So I actually don't know any much about Arashi either. Uh, just a little bit of background on this. So it's the numbers come from something called the IFPI, which is the International Federation of Phonographic Industry. Um, and that represents the worldwide recorded music industry. And yeah, it's a compilation or greatest hits album. Um, and it's their fifth one. I kid you not. So it's not even like their what? This is their fifth repackage or like greatest hits album. Um, and it sold 3.3 million global units. And that looks at physical and digital albums only. Album unit sales, sorry, only. So, uh, yeah, it's actually pretty crazy, especially when you think about the Japanese music industry and how closed door it is and how difficult it is for international fans to even get any music out of Japan unless they actually physically go there or somebody thankfully puts up the music on YouTube. Because uh, that's usually what ends up happening because most of these artists only tour Japan. Like, Arashi, like, to support this, they want to, like, a 32-date, like, 32 stop tour just from what i could tell it was just in japan so uh because you know the japanese public they don't actually don't need us international fans you know um that's why there's never really been that big of a push for it uh so i think that actually that actually all makes all of this even more impressive like when i heard about it i was stunned because just knowing the Japanese industry and if you don't know a lot about the Japanese industry I would suggest the idol podcast because they do a lot of discussions on the Japanese industry uh um, as Japanese as J-pop fans um for years so they know a lot more about it and just how closed door it is and how hard it is to be a fan and things like that so I would say that um it's crazy impressive when you think about the international pushes that Taylor Swift, BTS, and all the other pe- groups and artists on this uh, chart, I guess, have have done to be beaten by <laughs> a fifth greatest hits album. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like even Billie Eilish was only number five, and she had like a fantastic year last year. But you know, as Jimin said, it it really does take a certain like legacy to make these numbers, especially on a greatest hits album. Because if you look at the chart, um, Queen was number six with Bohemian Rhapsody, which, wow. Um, The Beatles was number 10 with Abbey Road. And everybody else looks, I feel like they're new, but I don't know who um, Ramstein is. Well, like. you know what? Queen sold like that because the movie came out. <laughs> and that's like, I can't really, I couldn't remember, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it, it, that just goes to show you again, like the level of what they're accomplishing because Queen, I mean, Queen sold well, period, yeah. when they were like producing music. But j- in terms of this particular last great push, it took a whole movie coming out, like a worldwide yeah. movie coming out for them to sell that many units. I mean, like that's usually pretty much that territory of selling a million units off of an old album is pretty much limited to the Beatles and Michael Jackson. Like those yeah. are the only two names that I know that can do that off of like old, you music. know, work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I think that is why it's really impressive. I mean, I feel like regardless of who's going to be at the top of the list, certain, you know, fandoms will would have been upset about it, you know, like Mm -hmm. just just because that's sort of like that that toxicity and that like 
inherent competition that, you know, whether it's real or not, uh, is sort of like the culture right now. So everybody's uh, success is like an affront to yeah. a lot of people, unfortunately. I'm actually and- shocked that BTS only sold 2.5 million given the way ARMYs made it seem last year was like they had already surpassed 3 million last year. Well, with that, I don't with know. That album. Yeah, I don't know um, exactly. I mean, I feel like from what I'm hearing, what uh, Map of the Soul 7 is doing, I feel like that is doing much better anyway. Yeah. Then and supposedly I did hear something about since it was an EP. Yeah. It has something to do with like only half of the sales being counted or something. I don't know. Well, That's what yeah. I heard. I mean, if you're going to drop old music, like it's new. I mean, yeah, I feel like there should be some repercussions for that, regardless of who it is. Because I mean, don't do that. Yeah, just <laughs> or like market it as it is. Well, Map of the Soul wasn't old music last mm-hmm. year. It's old music this year. Like yeah, this year the fact that they new. just put it in the new album was ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, it, it wasn't unnecessary, and I feel like it didn't really go with the rest of the, the second part of the album. Oh, no, so, not at all. So it was kind of strange that they did that. Uh, maybe just to fill it up. Maybe that was kind of the point to make it feel seem like it was a fuller album. Yeah, I don't that's know. What I thought whatever. But and at back to Rashi, like, uh, good for them. I, you know, I'm impressed. I'm very, very impressed <laughs> with these numbers and you know just all the history behind it. And they're gonna be, I think, on a pause at the end of this year. So I, you know, fans soak up what you can from these guys. It seems like they're trying to um, take a break. And you know, actually get lives. So <laughs> uh, enjoy it for what it is, and enjoy it for as long as as you can. And yeah, congrats to everybody on this list. I mean, selling these many albums in this climate with you know the internet and streaming and things like that is still very impressive. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so good for them. Next. So this comes from. A translated post on Pan, or Pan, however you say that, um, was a post that SM has been obsessing over rap lately, but they have no good rappers aside from NCT. Um, Here's the post translated. To be honest, there's no good rapper in SM aside from NCT. But why do they persevere to have rap in their songs? Red Velvet is like that in XO2. What's the reason for choosing the rap member and giving them the rap part? I'm not cursing, but even if I listen to a good song, I can't listen to that song anymore because I hate the rap part. So it's interesting because from what I understand, they didn't really... SM for a long time was like the one like company that didn't really jump on the sticking a rap part in like the song like in any song to just you know have a rapper and to have a rap part in the song like they didn't jump on that bandwagon until really I guess EXO right EXO is like the first one that I could think of no well FX had Amber predates yeah F Amber okay no because they do have rappers um from the very beginning H O T had rappers Shinwa has two rappers yeah I was gonna say didn't yeah 
Yeah, because she okay, I'm sorry. Like, I'm showing my closed off my fandom blinders because I don't remember that like period that like not before and after. Okay, so they have had rappers before, but they did go for a long period without really having any groups with rappers. I guess that's why, especially a lot of your fans, kind of view them as like a company that doesn't really specialize in groups with rappers in them. Um, Although, I mean, I feel like with the exception of maybe YG in some ways, they're just as good as most other companies <laughs> at having a rapper in a group. Um, they're, the rappers that they do have, I mean, have just as much varied experience and skill as most other companies do. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, this one comment pretty much sums it up for me. Uh, this one person said, not just SM, but isn't this the case for almost every group? They all sound weird unless the member is professionally learning rap or can professionally do rap. So, I mean, that's pretty much how I feel about about that. And then, you know, I most songs, I mean, most K-pop songs, honestly, do not need a rap. So, I mean, you know, I think anyone that's listened to K-pop for any amount of time, you know, can understand a lot of the songs that seem like they have a rap part shoved in. And it's not just SM that, you know, does that either. So, I mean, what do you, you guys feel about that? So, okay. I don't really think SM, I, I don't think it's fair to say SM obsesses over rap. I don't think they do. Um I, I think that they put rap in all like their songs, just like every other K-pop company would put has, you know, the designated rapper or rappers that they put on a song. So I kind of disagree that they're quote unquote obsessing over rap. I do think that now with NCT, there's a lot more of a focus on rap in NCT music specifically. But when I go back and I listen to EXO and I listen, even EXO's newer stuff, when I listen to Shiny's newer stuff, when I listen to you know, a lot of newer stuff, period, from exo- from SM groups, I don't feel like any of them are doing any more rap <laughs> than what they did at the beginning. And I feel like, yeah, you know, we, we rag on SM all the time for having, you know, really weak rap lines. But the reality of it is, like that one commenter said, most K-pop groups have weak rappers. Like, the rap is not good <laughs> and i i think at least with sm they have a redeeming quality you know they have vocals to back it up they have bangers to back it up you can't really say that same about a lot of these other companies like i hate to say it because you guys know that you know i do like some i do like you know god seven but like jyp i i can't really think of like if i was to a twice song or got seven song and the only reason why i mention them is because those are the biggest groups right now out of um JYP. I don't I'm not blown away by their rapping. And I'm also not blown blown away by their vocals. And nine times out of ten, I'm also not blown away by the song choice. So and the choreography is typical K-pop choreography. So JYP, like if anything, that's the company that we should be roasting <laughs> for having, you know, like what what are they really, you know, they offer thing. I feel like if what they're offering is from Got Seven is personality. Um, people who like stray kids, I don't understand 
why y'all like Stray Kids, but I guess you could say that they are the sort of the NCT of JYP. They have like their whole rap line down there you know, the younger group, they have like the English speakers and all that. But, you know, outside of them, you have to ask like, okay, you can apply this same stereotype to other companies with worse results. It's not just SM. And I feel like, you know, by that same token, I do agree that, you know, with some of the commenters that I was reading, uh, some of them were saying, some of the KNETs were saying things like, you know, why even have a rap part at all if your rapper is not trained to do that or if they're not if that's not their passion and i agree and i think for most companies especially sm having a rapper in a group is just like many times like many times the rapper is an excuse to get like a visual who can't do anything else like and i'm not saying like or like a visual who's only like really good at dancing now and and I really feel that way just because a lot of the groups I see their rappers either are also visuals or like they are like really well liked by the fandom, but they don't do anything else really great. And you can say that, like, if we want to apply this to other companies, look at Got7, like <laughs> Jackson, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would not classify him as a superb rapper but he's very visual and he's a good excuse to have basically rapping is a good excuse to have him in the group. Um, you know, EXO Sehun is the visual rapping is an excuse to have him in the group. Um, I could think of a lot of boy groups like that in terms of girl groups right now, you know, people, I, I don't know. And this might be like disputed, I feel like people, you know, let's take Blackpink. Blackpink is the best, like, one that I can think of off the top of my head of in terms of, like, you know, a rapper who's a visual. Like, Jenny, like, for example. I'm not saying she can't rap, but I'm just saying, like, I do think that rap is her excuse for being in the group. Like, because she is the visual. She is the person that people look at as, like, the when you think of, you know, Blackpink, maybe when we think of Blackpink internationally, we might think more so of Lisa, but I feel like overwhelmingly like a lot of people kind of just see it as like the Jenny show which is why she was the first one to get the solo and YG like obviously had some sort of favoritism with her um but I'm I just feel like you know maybe her rapping is an excuse for her being in a group because otherwise I haven't personally seen evidence that she's like a superb vocalist or dancer so you know what I mean like am I being too hard on Jenny or is that a fair assessment or what do you guys think um you know what's really interesting i never really connected the visual rapper um sort of motif but it makes sense because in girls generation hyoyeon you know and tiffany unfortunately um do some of the rapping and hyoyeon is actually the main dancer so that was another, and she definitely was not a visual. So at the mm -hmm. time they debuted, so that is definitely a reason that she was, you know, a part of the group. And is it Yoon Unhook? I think yeah, in in um, Super, Super Junior. Junior, yeah, he is also the main dancer and the visual. Like he was all, he was all like always known as being a very good looking dude. Um, so that was an excuse to have him in the group. Uh, in terms of Blackpink. I'm not saying Jenny can't rap, like for no, the Jenny fans no. out there. I'm just saying yeah. that, like, if you look at the the composition of the group, right? 
clearly you know rose is supposed to be like the vocal which is a joke but she's supposed to be the vocal right yeah and i i just feel like where do you put in most groups right outside of like your block b's and your bts's and like those groups that actually have rappers who really just love rap and have been doing it even before k-pop Outside yeah. of those types of groups, the rappers tend to be people who don't have anything else to do. Like they're either a dancer or they are visual and don't have anything else. And you just want to shoehorn them in the group. Yeah, but I think because there are certain aspects of K-pop, the industry that's still very stale. That's why people like that's why a lot of these groups feel like they need to have a rapper. Because like, what do you mean? like in terms of like positions. You have to have a visual, you have to have a center, you have to have a lead dancer, main dancer, lead singer, main vocalist, leader. Like these are all like standards of how you compose a group. Right. And because that, like there's so many aspects of K-pop that's still so old fashioned. Like it hasn't changed since H.O.T. It hasn't changed, you know? Right. Um, that's why these com- these groups feel like they need to have a rapper. So right, and I agree. And so they... And in uh, and sorry to interrupt, but even more so in I feel sometimes that they focus more on getting somebody to be a rapper than they actually focus on getting somebody who's a good vocalist. Oh yeah, one hundred percent because yeah. they kind of see it as a little bit easier. Yeah, like yeah. I don't see why you see that. Like it, yeah. it would be easier to have somebody like for example, I don't think Sehun can rap, but he can talk rhythmically over a beat. <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean? Which yeah. is, which is like the bare minimum for Close being enough. a rapper. Close enough. But it's yeah. different from like the bare minimum of being a singer, right? Like yeah, a singer, absolutely. you have to have a, that, that bare minimum is to me a little bit higher and a little bit different. Yeah, um, but I, I do agree like what, with what you said too about um, it not being new. Because I mean, I've obviously we, we mentioned groups that have had rappers that, you know, predate NCT. Uh, I will say that, you know, with NCT, they got for me anyways it feels like they got serious when it came to finding rappers because they knew they wanted to do a hip-hop concept group and so they knew they needed to have people who actually had that talent and that's why they brought in people like mark and taeyong because they wanted to have actual talent right you know and and like they didn't mention red velvet and it's like yeah irene is the visual she's the original visual according to her and what does she do she raps (laughs) yeah so like i want to speak to something that you mentioned about like you think it's more because of like k-pop has to have certain positions yeah i agree with that i guess what i'm what i'm trying to really get across is like why that particular person you see what i'm saying like you have sm has like hundreds of trainees why does sehun have to be a rapper for exo oh because you want to shoehorn a like stereotypical korean visual right yeah and he's tall with the broad shoulders so like that's what i'm kind of like having the dilemma of like it didn't have to be sehun and chanyeol it could have been (laughs) any of your personally for me based on the type of well i mean i think there's two things to think about one the quality of rappers that they would have gotten um throughout the years knowing like you know people knowing that if you want to be a hip-hop artist it probably would be better to go to yg it would be better to go to cube like those are the companies that you know had more hip-hop concept or hip-hop sort of groups you know um so it's smarter for you if you want to do hip-hop to go to those companies and to go to sme where you know they probably are looking for people who can sing 
you know, um, say with J JYP, I mean, they always look for unique talents. So it's not that you can sing. Unique like, is the like, word, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's not that you're like the most talented rapper, the most talented singer. It's just like right. you have something special and different about you. Um, YG, like, I feel like as not YG, sorry, JYP. I feel like he looks for people to motivate him as a writer, and that's the kind of talent that he looks for in his groups. You know, uh, so. One one thing I would say is that they probably the reason why SME didn't have good rappers is because people who were trying out wanted to be rappers probably wouldn't go there, you know. Uh, and that's why also too you had a lot of smaller companies that had like like wherever Block B signed to, I can't remember the name of the company, but or whatever group, whatever company, oh I can't remember the name of the company. Oh TSC, they signed um, BAP, you know, like where they had. It. Sorry. Stone Music was um, Black B. Black B. See, okay. But that's why you had the emergence of like smaller companies with these hip hop concept groups because people weren't going to SME and they weren't going to JYP. So, <laughs> and then like YGE only debuts a group every 10 years or whatever. So I, if you wanted to do a hip hop concept group, you had to sort of start from scratch. So you had like a lot of smaller companies with hip hop concept groups groups and idols and things like that from people who were underground rappers or known in the industry for being rappers they weren't going to sme so sme doesn't didn't have good rappers before that they had good visuals they had people who were okay at it and so they sort of just worked with what they got um and they didn't really want to focus on that they wanted to focus on overall talent um and the focus seemed to be more so on visuals singing and dan and dancing more so than rapping so and I even venture out to say that dancing is not a huge focus. Like I know that when we think of K-pop dancing, we do think of Temin in many ways, but I don't think of any one specific SM group. I mean, like Shiny has always been recognized as like a an amazing dancing group, but outside of Shiny, I can't think of other I mean, and then you've got like Super Junior with their like point dances, but that's not the same thing as like actual hitting well player. i'm not talking about dancing i'm talking about idol dancing when like sorry when i say uh, dancing i mean idol dancing not like Taemin being an actual dancer i mean there i don't know if there's art i in in idol dancing i mean there's definitely skill in it um no, that's what i'm saying like yeah, you're not yeah. talking about people who do dance as an art like no 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 yeah that's exactly not okay. i'm not talking about that because i mean if we're talking about that then you know we talk about Taemin and hyoyin and ta and kai like, like the actually, guy from infinite hoya and well i mean at sme if we're talking about SME, oh and, okay oh, yeah, yeah. yeah those are the people that i would talk about because they're actual dancers and they actually like study dance before they even got there so um and they're known for being dancers as well too right uh but in terms of like I mean, dancing, sorry sorry i just made a disparaging comment about timmy oh lord <laughs> but uh in terms of like idol dancing sme is very focused on people who can do that and proficiently um and it's like a skill so i think that because of what they focused on and what they were looking for and uh in for these groups i feel like that sort of influenced the level of of sort of talent in the rap that people are complaining about and you know i do agree like it's not new so i i think that people are saying this now probably because nct is a rap group um maybe that's why they feel like there's more rapping done at sme because what Red Velvet's doing, though, I would say maybe Red Velvet. You'd call it rapping? 
No, no, I would no, I wouldn't. But they <laughs> do um they do have because they have people who are designated solely as rappers who don't do anything else, like um Yuri, not Yuri, um Yeri, Yeri and um Irene, they like almost every song that they do has some sort of rap in it versus like girls generation which did not did bad boy have a rap in it yeah it makes me think yeah it did did it yeah what where in the song um irene well I'm, i guess it's maybe it's more like a sing rap thingy whatever irene wow. does when she's not yeah <laughs> you know how to come for irene consistently oh, i like irene i do i just you know like let's keep it real <laughs> uh but yeah, I don't know. Like it's it is sort of like rapping in the idol world is an interesting discussion, but we're having like this person anyways is having the wrong discussion because she's just wrong. Right. Like <laughs> that's, it's not like it, they just it. recently started like no. you know saying, "Oh, everybody has to rap." No, that's been going on. Come on. Yeah, and now now they're actually looking for it because they see that the potential to make money out of it. And so yeah, now you have NCT and now they have actual people who can rap like Mark so like, <laughs> I hate that Mark is like the end all be all. <laughs> it's like the entire weight of the world rests on that boy's shoulders. Like Mark, he can't catch a break. Mark was like 17, 18 with five jobs. Okay. Like NCT, NCT went 27, NCT Dream. He he did that song with Zoom In. Now he's in S Super M. Chung had sorry, Chung. Um Mark. Mark had no rest. He I was see just, people baby him so much. Like yeah. his people who love Mark, like honestly, they love Mark. And then the, yeah. the, he's like their actual child. And I'm like, yes. yeah, he will be my child too, because I feel really bad for him 90% of the time. I don't because he's always smiling. I've never, ever Aww. seen him look tired. I've never, ever seen him look less than excited to be doing what he's doing. And I, I think that is just so amazing to see and to behold, because I would have been passed out like on the couch from you know like i would be tired like there'd be bags under my eyes if i was mark okay um, <laughs> and he just like he just looks so like sort of blessed in some ways to be oh. there so i think that it's like like that's why people like i've never ever seen anybody say anything bad about mark, for that mark. like he's literally yeah just a little honestly though just him as a person though if you ever like watch him he's like a little like a breath of fresh air in many yeah. ways. He's always super positive, like you said. Yeah. Like he's just always just really happy to be there and like excited to be there and to be doing something new. And you know, like he like if he's nervous about something, he says it. Like when they were talking about um Super M and you know, they did those like um little not documentary stuff, stuff, whatever, but interviews, like, yeah, I mean, he was like, Yeah, you know, of course we were like a little nervous about things and but you know, you just, there's only one way to do it and just to do it. And I, I like that. I like that positivity and he doesn't seem like he is overworked. So mm. I like that as well too, that aspect where, you know, he's, he's down for, cause I mean, while they were doing super M he was preparing for NCT's comeback. Right. So yes. yeah. So it's kind of like, it was a lot, but he, they seem like they're thriving on it now. And I just hope that they take care of their bodies and their minds. Yeah. The ordeal. And yeah, I'll be a Merc fan as long as he doesn't fuck up. Like I'll be a Merc yeah. fan for the entirety of his career. So have there ever been a 16, 17 year old that worked as hard as Mark Lee? No. In K-pop? Mark was working like his family had nothing and he needed to put food on the table. That's not <laughs> Mark's working, okay? Mark was working like he had 
two families, a real family and then like a secret family in Thailand or something like that. You know, like that's That's so specific. Well, yeah. Well, my friend who's in Indonesia was telling me about how like all her, um, like there's so many secret families or second families. Oh yeah. Like Korean men go to um, Thailand. So so, I know I, Thailand was actually the first thing that came to mind instead of Indonesia, but I was kind of remembering that conversation when I said it. So uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, Anything else? about this nope what's next ash last thing so i wanted to just take a second to discuss um the distinction between charting on an album's chart specifically like the billboard 200 chart and charting on a singles chart like the billboard 100 chart and how that differs in terms of prestige from east to west so in in the west for just a kind of like a crash like course i guess on charting if you know you don't know um charting on the billboard 200 chart mean that you if you if you chart number one that just means you had the highest selling album right or you did your album performed the best um if you chart on the billboard 100 um chart um the 100 chart is for singles um in, in k-pop you we refer to that as like title tracks in the west you refer to it as singles in the west there's this sort of perception that selling a single is much easier than selling an album because it is it it is easier to just get a song played on the radio and it's not just selling the single it's also getting it heard right just anywhere it's easy to get a single played on the radio it's easy to get um a single song you know to be spun at a club than it is to get a full album could you imagine going to a club and they just spun the entire beyonce like and could you imagine you go to a club right and, or a bar, wherever you go, and there's a DJ, or even a wedding, and they and they literally just spin one album, and it's the whole album. Like how how strange would that be? You'd be like, what? Sounds um yeah, like the worst club ever. <laughs> right? Like you you wouldn't we wouldn't want that. But I believe that the Billboard 100 chart takes into account not just like single sales, but also like radio play and things of that nature. So you know how many spins you get from a DJ does matter. And that's why artists will do press tours with, you know, radio. They really want to get on the radio. And so in many ways, that's seen as a very mundane sort of thing to do. Oh, I tried it on the singles chart. Okay, so did these thousand other art- artists, right? Whereas charting on the albums chart is extremely and notoriously difficult, especially this day and age where people just do not buy albums. You're more likely to stream one song on Spotify than you are to stream the entire album. You're more likely to... You know, a lot of people are more likely to buy one song on iTunes than they are to buy an entire album. And having that ability, because the fact is, you might not really even like the whole album. You might only like one or two songs off the album. So why buy the whole thing for $13.99? Well, you could buy a single for $0.99. Cent. So it's it's kind of intuitive, right? It makes sense. It's more prestigious to chart on the album chart. It's more prestigious to sell more albums. So it makes sense. In the K-pop world, I feel like that's a little bit flipped on its head. I feel like in the K-pop world, it's more prestigious to sell to it. Well, it's it should be considered more prestigious. How about that? To chart on a singles chart, especially on a, a non-Korean chart. I say all of this to say I kind of got off track and veered off a little bit, but I do want to say that you know, the I think it is different in terms of how we perceive different markers of success. So. In the West, 
overwhelmingly it's what did you sell albums wise most like i mean i think that's kind of might be changing just because of the how everything has you know digitized so much but overwhelmingly it's still an albums game people are still roasting people if you're if you're not debuting with at least a hundred thousand and, and and we know that a hundred thousand is hard but people are praising those who can do it and then roasting those who can't versus in k-pop it's kind of opposite in K-pop, it's very easy to sell a hundred thousand albums. I mean, not very easy, but <laughs> there's a lot of groups that do it that you are surprised that yeah, you're shocked, right? Yeah. Because if you if you as long as you have a hundred thousand dedicated, if you, as long as you have a hundred thousand people who will be willing to like spend money on you, you have a hundred thousand albums that are potentially sold. And K-pop puts a heavy premium on selling albums in the same way we put on selling singles because it's easier, I think for them to sell albums than it is for them. And, and when I say for them to sell albums, I'm talking about here in America. I'm not talking about like in South Korea. I think in South Korea, they can do both with relative ease. But I think when they go overseas, in general, it's easier for them to sell albums than singles because they have selling a fan base that the will... big fan base that will drive the album mm, sales, yeah. are, they're not going to drive the single sales because there's only so many times you're going to buy a single. I mean, I don't know. If you're an army, you might buy it 50 times. But I don't know, because at the same time, <laughs> clearly BTS isn't doing too well on the singles chart. So you can't really say that because it seems like BTS, they chart at number one for three days and then they fall off. And they're yeah. the biggest group in K-pop. So if yeah, they well, can't I stay think... on the singles chart. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, continue. If they can't say stay on the singles chart, that speaks to the importance of GP recognition. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean personally i think what will prevent um k-pop artists from doing well on the singles chart or the songs chart is the lack of radio for sure mm -hmm. uh, because as you said like there's only so many times you can stream a song you can only buy it the one time and so it's like uh after that you know what else is there for you to do and i guess and that's why they're really pushing for the radio sales and the, the radio place um because they know that they can amass their you know army <laughs> um <laughs> of fans to like you know push for bts to be on the, the radio but like let's be real nobody wants to listen to that on the radio like and I'm, I'm and i say that for most k-pop like and mm -hmm. i love k-pop i do i absolutely adore it like um but if i were to if i was listening to a radio station and after um I don't know, um, Coldplay, La Vida, or whatever, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. They start to play um, Big Bang's Bad Boy. I don't know. I would feel kind of like, what is even going on here? <laughs> yeah, I, it sounds so strange, but like, for some reason, it's, I do kind of get that. It would feel a little bit strange if I started hearing K-pop on the radio. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I think it, a lot of K-pop music, I think, is specifically made so that it's almost unlistenable on the radio this day and age. Like, okay, EXO is like, I mean, I could see some of their stuff being on the radio if it was in English, obviously not in Korean. I don't think it'll happen, period, in Korean. But, and that's nothing, you know, that's not my personal, you know, thing. That's just, I just don't see American stations playing Korean music. It's just, well, what also, incentive do they have? Also, too, like, K I think K-pop music in itself is not made to be radio friendly. Radio friendly, like it's, it's not made to be a visual medium to 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 see being performed on these radio sh on these um sorry weekly um shows to see it be performed in concerts and and to, to watch the music videos. But I feel like that's how it's made. 
Yeah. It's not like, and I'm not saying that like it's not made to sound good, but in some cases it's not really made to I sound mean, good. No, I mean, let's be real. It's not made to sound good. It's made to, it's made to have a lot of energy to it. Exactly. It's made to go along with something that looks really pretty, which either could be the stage design or the music video or the boy's face that you like, right? Yeah. And I totally agree with that. I think that it speaks to that fundamental difference where I think that K-pop, and, and, and I want to be clear, when we're talking about right now, we're talking about K-pop. We're not talking about other Korean genres. We're no. not talking about like legit Korean artists like Ben. Okay, that sounds messed up. But there's a difference in, in Korea between artists and idols. They don't consider idols artists. That's why a lot of idols who do want to become artists try to separate themselves from that whole idol vibe. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you know, Korean artists, you could tell the difference. Like they seem like they actually love music versus a lot of idols seem like they just kind of want to be famous yeah and and being an idol is a really good stepping stone to acting if that's what you want to do and other things as well too so right or it's just like a really good way to make money yeah it's like another job (laughs) in in many ways a lot of idols i've heard when i hear them talk about it and if you think about the idol system it really just sounds like to worse to us to be a singer to be a dancer to be these sorts of things especially a singer more so is to be like an artist and to embrace that that fame that comes with it and it's like it's not a it's not something you can just go to school and become educated in in no. korea to be an idol you can literally go through a program and be educated in it yeah and become that at the end with i mean i, I would like to say with a guarantee obviously but that's I, not always true no. but it, that's the idea is that you're guaranteed to become this if you go through our special training program here at JYP instead of Cubes, right? Yeah. And, no, absolutely. and I just want to like, I thought this was an interesting topic because I was like, I think that the fact that it's so hard for Korean artists to chart on single charts, I think that they kind of reveal something about the, or not Korean artists, K-pop idols, K-pop idol groups. I think that that speaks to a fundamental difference in the approach to the artistry, to the art of it. Yeah, I mean, one is completely like a business and it's an interchangeable business. As soon as you're too old, they swap you out for a new one, for a new model. And, uh, you know, concepts are based not on the music that you want to provide, but what's popular. So I, I, like, I do understand, I do agree in a lot of ways with that um, and just the approach too. Um, though I will say that in terms of singles, there are there are groups that do pretty well single-wise. Oh, uh, I, I like the Big Bang charted yeah. on Billboard 100. No, 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 not on Billboard, sorry, in, in Korea. Sorry. No, no, no that, yeah. I, I said that oh, a while ago. I was like, I'll concede. Yeah. I know that they do well on single yeah. parts in yeah. Korea. But oh, but I'm in saying- like, Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, on, on the billboard. I'm okay. speaking specifically in international context. I feel yeah. like K-pop idols, under, like K-pop companies, I'll say it like this, K-pop agencies, understand that they are selling a imminent product, right? So they're capitalizing more so off of fandom, which is why album sales tend to be higher. Also, it, it's a combination of things. It's like they're capitalizing off of fandom versus like really trying to become a household staple. Which shows in the difference between the album sales and the single sales overseas. Yeah, no, I definitely see what you mean there. Um, well, I'm looking at a chart yeah. uh, or like a timeline of K-pop on the Billboard 100. Uh huh. 
So it did start with Wonder Girls with nobody. Crazy. Um, and they had the number one, they had the 70, their peak position was 76. And they were only on the charts for one week. But they had that record for like, was it 2009 is when they did it? And the uh, only other group after that was BTS DNA. And that was in 2017. Wow, <laughs> that is a pretty long time to hold a record. Yeah, exactly. And they only ranked like nine positions, of, or sorry, yeah, nine positions above them at 67 DNA. Okay, and then what's and then after? Since then, since then, it's been BTS. Same year, two months later, with Mike Drop, the Steve Aoki, um, or say Steve Aoki, um, remix and feature and designer. Okay. And then next the year after that they did Fake Love and that was number 10. So that would be the peak after that. And yeah, then a huge increase. Yeah. And then after that was like Black Pink at 55 with 4D. And then it was pretty much just BTS and uh Black Pink. Because Black Pink mm-hmm. and Dolipa did it with Kiss and Makeup as well too. Do, 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 do. That's hard uh, here. <laughs> Pink Fong and Baby Shark. Oh, that's a, it was me. Yeah, Baby Shark is a Korean song. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, they they peaked at number thirty two. But really, Baby Shark was everywhere. I will say that they have held that position for twenty weeks. Mic Drop actually is uh-huh. the only other like is the only K-pop group song that was on the chart for like that was on the chart the longest, and that was on the chart for. 10 weeks okay um everything else that bts has dropped like dna was on the chart for four weeks fake love was on the chart for six weeks idols on the chart for three weeks blackpink's kill this love was on the chart for four weeks okay on was on the chart for one week filter <laughs> was on the chart for one week my time was on the chart for one week black swan was on the chart for one week chicken noodle soup was on the where are the, chart these peaking week. at generally anything okay, so the biggest no so on uh-huh. was on the chart for two weeks and it peaked at number four okay but now we see how how incredibly difficult it is to have something not only get on the billboard 100 chart but to also have it peak highly yeah. like within the top 10 and also have it to stay for more than a week yes that is extremely difficult feat and it's something that i feel like it's like I said, it speaks to, you know, a lot of things. Obviously, you can ca- account for it. There's a lot of things. I mean, there's the, the language barrier. There's tons and tons of things. But I think it, it speaks to, in BTS's case, because I know that they're doing this international push. I can't just say, oh, it's because Big Hit doesn't even want to do that. No, the only company I can say that for is really SM with EXO. EXO, they never, you know, they never tried to push EXO in America. Nope. ever nope, nope, nope so when pe- I, I i will say that does, that does get irritating with the fan wars where people go try to say well exo never did this well it's not like exo ever tried <laughs> so you yeah know. they haven't they like outside of um super m and yeah that short stint of girls generation in america um there really hasn't been a push <laughs> right for SME groups in in the US like they've toured like you know Red Velvet Shiny you know, like they've done little oh, Shiny only toured like once and it wasn't yeah. even it was like five cities and it wasn't even a lot of cities okay I didn't really pay attention to the actual tour itself I just right. the first tickets I got one you know like that was yeah how yeah, yeah. 
But no, I, I, I agree. Okay. Wow. And, okay. and SM especially doesn't push girl groups over here. I mean, like you said, girls generation, red velvet never got pushed over here. FX never got pushed. Like, no, it's crazy when you talk about FX though. Cause FX actually had probably the most impact out of any female group. Actually, outside of, out, uh, yeah, outside of, um, super M actually, they probably beat them. Pink tape probably beats them critically in the U S and the Western world. Um, like in terms of it, like in comparison to any actual like any group. any K-pop, I would say. Yeah, any- I feel like that was one of the highest rated K-pop albums I've yeah. seen in the West. Yeah, critically. and it had no push, zero push. It was just yeah. based on the quality of the album. <laughs> SM is not here for that, okay? Yeah, it's I hope to come off like an SM stand, but yeah. it's just the facts. They they yeah. are not here for that. And you, and people try to make the argument that they're trying to push NCT in the same way that BTS is being pushed. I do not see it for her that argument <laughs> no i feel like with like super m yes yes they were, they were created to be in the U, in the u.s in the western world and promote their music in terms of nct i feel like their focus has always still been this global idea yeah of a global group and that's why they push them pretty much like yeah korea is like the base of where they push them and then they sort of expand out with their yeah. units and things like that so mm-hmm. i yeah i definitely wouldn't say that nct is being pushed as in the in the u.s and things like that um i will say that i i love that monster x has always found its own way <laughs> yes <laughs> that's so, dope. they've always found their own lane and they're not trying to do what bts is doing what Excel is doing what anybody else is doing they're just making music that they want to do or the, uh, finding avenues that they want to have for themselves and i really respect that because they've come out with such amazing music out of it and it's it's really great you know like i mean starship you know they don't have sister anymore so they really need it yes i should be making them some money um but (laughs) it's 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 great that they are doing things different and they're not trying to be like other groups but i honestly think that this whole like oh my group did this on the chart your group did that on the chart but i think that's all sort of more culminated from stand culture as we know it now Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being like, even in the days, like, okay, when I was like 15, 16, and I was a huge NSYNC fan and I wasn't like really that, I like Bastard Boys, but you know, they were competition. So, you know, you can be whatever. Um, at the time, at the time, I will admit that people did make a big deal about charts as well. Mm-hmm. Because like no strings attached had like the, the most sales in a week. And like, it's outsold pretty much, I think any Bastard Boys album even to date uh so like there was that as something that you could say but it wasn't this level of toxicity that not that i recall anyways i mean it was a long time ago but it wasn't like the end all like for the most part yeah you know like christina versus britney you know like you had these like little mini competitions but it wasn't like people weren't out there supporting both artists one was that really about sales though or was that about like impact like kind it of was, it, yeah but the thing is like I, they did mention sales too right like sales yeah. were, was a, a facet of of the things that they were arguing about so that's why i'm including it um but it's just to say that fan culture now is so much more highly competitive because there's so much more information that people have access to so you have things where like you know armies say they had this many views, YouTube shows this many views and they can trend on Twitter saying like, oh, this should be this many views, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And 
also because people can't enjoy things if it's not the best. Right. According to current modern day fan culture. When I was, you know, a, a tween, tween, whatever, and I love NSYNC, I still like the Bachelor Boys. I didn't have to worry about coming online. I mean, we didn't really have it at that point, but I didn't really have to, like, if we did have the internet, like we have it today, I didn't have to worry about going online and saying, oh, I really like, I really love, I love it that way and having people bully me and calling me a fake fan and telling me that I should just go marry the Bastard Boys since I love them so much and that NSYNC, NSYNC fandom doesn't need me. You know, I didn't really need to worry about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whereas nowadays people are, are like afraid to say that they're multi multi fandom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like people are afraid to say that because they're afraid of getting bullied and people sort of delegitimizing their their love for a group or their their fanning of a group. And so, really, this whole discussion is based solely on the fan culture that we have today, where groups have names, <laughs> group yeah. fandoms have names. But yeah, I feel yeah. like this whole discussion is based on like modern fan culture. And what we also need to remember is that you can't compare somebody from like even 10, 15 years ago to now because sales were so much different yes. than um, the way they calculated them. You know, like when I was a kid in the back, back in the, in days, the 1800s, I, you had to get into your car or take a bus oh, to no. a mall and go to the H&B or Music World or whatever, and buy it. A physical cassette, album, CD. And let me guess, you had to walk through eight inches of snow, barefoot, up a hill. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) sun beating down your neck. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I love going to H&M. H&V, sorry. I love H&Vs. They are so, like, they were great because you go there and it's like, yeah, I'm here for an album, but also I'm going to get this box set of, like, Roswell or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whatever. Or I'm just going to watch. I'm going to get this movie or this anime or, like, whatever. The whole streaming thing is just, like... No, but yeah, I I agree with what you're saying about it kind of came about with modern fandom and that's even more modern, more recent, because I do remember back when One Direction was popping... People like that. That was like the turning point where people, where I feel like One Direction fans was were caring about. It wasn't even that they were caring about sales because One Direction always sold well and toured well. I mean, they always had sold out tours. Um, it was yeah. more so about like how people viewed them, like the critical aspect of it and their prestige. Like people were upset because they're like, "Oh, you only the reason why you guys dislike One Direction is because girl, you know, teenage girls do like One Direction," and so it's it, it was like that that's when I started hearing that argument that people tend to devalue the things that young girls like. That's when I heard that argument come up for boy bands. Um, And honestly, BTS is kind of lucky that they don't, you know, live through the One Direction times because I feel like BTS is getting way more respect (laughs) as a boy band than One Direction ever got. But that's just what my perception is. I, can, I have no other groups to compare it to because I was too young for NSYNC and, and Backstreet Boys. So I don't really know if they, if BTS's respect level matches theirs. I mean, nowadays, uh, yeah. Well, nowadays, people really respect them. Those I think the difference is that like BTS, like with BTS, because they have the whole mission statement of love yourself, you know, as ambiguous as that is. And, you know, um, people sort of put them in a position because to where they are considered like 
revolutionary revolutionary as we have seen some of the words being used and that's because that's and it's based solely on like where they position themselves you know like it's not like <laughs> like they're the ones who say that they're trying to do more than just make regular music i guess you know well it's also too because people can't understand what they're saying yes i truly feel like that has a lot i, I used to hear people say stuff like uh you know your career like they you know how people say like korea boos always think that like they're special for listening to Korean groups and I truly believe that because I feel like people think that what like these K-pop groups are saying in their songs is that has more dignity you know like, yeah like yeah. it's that deep when it's not like and I think because people can't you know the, the people who are evaluating it because they can't understand it they can't refute that yeah you no, can't I, say no BTS isn't deep because you don't understand Korean yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that they do speak about that you're not really seeing maybe some of the other groups speaking about. And so people take that to mean that they're what they're doing is is like, you know, special. Or like I said, better. Luna yeah. told us to love ourselves over three years ago at this point. Yeah. Luna started the love yourself thing with egoist. Okay. That's the first time I heard it in yeah. a K-pop song. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. She said, I love myself today or love yourself. So I completely agree. Okay. Well, we can go ahead and uh that's the case. Up. Do you guys have any shout outs before we start, you know, wrapping up? Mm, not really for me. Uh, uh right. <laughs> uh yeah i mean just you know stay safe guys you know social distancing is the key right now and wash your hands, uh, wash your hands. if you're sick don't go to work yeah don't don't infect people i mean you don't want it to be as bad as it is in italy that's just heartbreaking so yeah please um you know wash your hands and also remember if you need to wash your hands a lot um get some lotion because your hands will be very dry and nobody wants ashy hands. So it's also very important to learn to do some lotion in. Just throwing that out there. Because I haven't seen a lot of people buying hand sanitizer. But these people are not buying soap. And they're not buying hand lotion. And that's very suspect to me. Because it speaks, it speaks to me. It's like you that, don't wash your hands. Yeah, basically. That's what it sounds like to me. that you, Or it looks like to me. You don't wash your hands. Now, because of that pandemic, you're like, oh, let me get some hand sanitizer. But I'm not going to focus on the washing. And I'm not going to focus on lotion in. That's so, nasty and lazy. Yeah, please, please, guys. We, we, you know, we don't want you to be sick, but we also don't want you to be ashy. So, you know, focus. Uh, but <laughs> there's also uh, negative re repercussions to being ashy, like health wise. You can have like cuts yeah. break out in your hand. It's because yes. you're so dry that it, it spontaneously combusts. So, yeah, you don't want cracked hands, guys. Like, it's not just aesthetic, it's not cute and it hurts from what I, I mean, it looks like it hurts. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nat had to hurry up and cover it. <laughs> yeah, no, I always buy lotion. I have like five bottles of like small lotions from Bath and Body Works, guys. Okay. It's not, they're, not, they're not paying us. They're not paying me to say that, but I will. Uh, yeah, you. so we're going to cut that out because they ain't paying us. <laughs> so. Okay, well, yeah, same advice here. You know, just make sure you stay clean out here in these streets. Um, oh, also, yes, shout out. I would like to shout out to um, all of the NBA players who have been donating money to subsidize the wages from the employees at the arenas that they play at. 
because yeah. their cheap billionaire owners won't do it. So they have to do it instead. Yeah. Uh, the very people that the government keeps telling us is supposed to be like our saviors. Um, yeah, no, they don't care. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, billionaires. Uh, actually, it was so messed up because they were like talking to like, you know, uh, these people who own these NBA teams and they were saying, oh, so what are you going to do for your employees? And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's just so sad that they're in this situation. OK, so what are you going to do? Well, you know, we're going to pray. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have billions of dollars and you're going to pray. OK. I mean, sure. God, okay. God is only going to tell you to use your money. So I don't know. God is telling you to wash your hands and to pay these people. That's what he's telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's what our local university is doing because they're letting all their students come back after spring break. And um, yeah, I pretty much feel like if our area doesn't have it now, after some of those students come back from Italy, they will definitely have it. Um, so, did yeah. you hear it though? Um, those very same teens that were in um, Florida during spring break talking about, yeah, I'm not going to stop my life for this. Uh, they contracted Corona. So uh, yeah. I didn't hear about this. So you, you yeah. must have talked about this before because I, I don't know anything about this. Oh, no, no. I'm just talking about right now. Like I saw it on Twitter. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying no. Like, I, di- I didn't know that there were teens who were saying this. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. It's all been all over Twitter. Um, oh, yeah, they were, they were like, they were it's like, my life, and... I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, you know, death comes for us all, so... Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, that's just really... I just want to make sure everybody is doing their part, and shout-outs to us for, you know, trying to work with this social distancing and also reporting the podcast when there's literally 12 things happened in K-pop over the past two weeks <laughs> because of the virus. <laughs> Making yeah. making lemonade out of lemons, I guess. Yeah. Um absolutely. So congratulate. Give yourselves a pat on the back. <laughs> Who's patting? Ash. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> you're horrible. <laughs> um and shout outs to the listeners, like for keeping up with us. Even I know this is like a crazy time, but what better to do while you're quarantined at home than listen to Not Your Average Netizens? Like we have so much content out there for you guys. And it's honestly one of the best ways to spend your quarantine. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys like want us to do anything special, I mean, you can always let us know. I was trying to do some, um, some like music, sort of like a radio thing for the quarantine on Twitter. Um, I mean, some people seem to like it. That's fine. And, uh, you know, like we're open to doing some more videos or some more um, special episodes and things like that for you if you want. So just let us know what you guys want to see. Yeah, we could even do our Netflix watch party with one of your requests and record it and see how (laughs) crazy that goes. (laughs) That will, um, I feel like, pretty crazy. But yeah, that will be good content, right, guys? I think so. Like with a K drama or something? Oh, I don't know. Whatever, whatever is on Netflix that the that the listeners want to hear us, I guess, react to live. Yeah, or not live or whatever. Okay, from Attack on Titan. <laughs> People do that all the time. People do their like watch whole movies. Right? It's like huh? Twitch, Twitch, right? Twitch. Yeah, like, Twitch. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you guys have any, rec- well, whenever we get this video out, um, who knows if we're gonna have a quarantine at the at the time? Um, but yeah, just let us know what you guys want. And uh, our Patreon is up on our website as well. Um, if you want to, you know, help uh, some some of us out, 
or all of us out yes that'd be very appreciated help our podcast improve yeah i mean we could give you so much more <laughs> i mean we could do i mean yeah. the ideas the the innovation the the talent i it, all of it is there we just you know if you guys with your support we'll be able to show you those those sides of us what do they say in k-pop we know that we are lacking but we want to show you a good stage yes that's what every group says yes we want to exactly. show you a good stage so we would love to do so much more please look forward to us that's what they say every time yes. at the end of exactly excited. Please be excited to s- and be ready to. Why don't K-pop artists a- ask their fans to be like? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Like, like I just think that's so cute and funny. It's like yeah. please anticipate what we're gonna do next. Yeah, because we do it for you and because we like it. It's fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, but well, yeah. yeah. Um. So shout any outs? um shout outs, guys? That's it. Just be safe and. Thanks for listening. And yeah. maybe we'll do like a Twitter poll or something. Ash, where can they find us for that Twitter poll? NYA Netizens. Yes. On Twitter. And then also we are at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud, Not Your Average Netizens, as well as Podbean. Um, Apple Podcasts and google google podcast and spotify and on instagram and not your average netizens and our website is nyan netizens dot forward slash website we're going to put all the links to all of our social medias in the description in case you missed it exactly but yeah any any actual shout outs guys or we're good you know what shout out to levi ackman shout out to giania on giannina on love is blind uh just watched their wedding episode and i can't believe she got done like that at the wedding and ran outside and fell on the ground after she got rejected okay well all right have a good night this episode is super chaotic, guys. Very well, sorry. The world is chaotic. I mean, at so this point. It's our it's feelings at the moment. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, all right. Um, well, bye, guys. Thank bye. you for listening. Bye.